Hey everybody, Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick here on the Fight Game Media Network with In the Clinch, the MMA podcast. And I want to thank you all for uh, listening, for downloading, however you're, however you're uh, partaking in our program here. And uh, I'd ask you please to take a moment and leave us a five-star review if you can. It uh, helps out the, uh, the site and the network and helps keep this thing going and uh, raises our profile and all that good stuff so that you can keep listening to this for free. And, uh, yeah, so um, we are here. Ryan is uh, not quite 100%, but uh, he never misses a show, and he's not going to miss this one. And uh, I bet you he's going to pull a great show out of his behind. Ryan, <laughs> how you doing? Uh, the, that is not a that is not the reference I needed needed today. Pull a great shot of my behind. I know, I know, I know. Everything else has been coming out of it. I yeah. I recommend everybody if you've never had food poisoning, I hope you never get it because I have been miserable since I woke up this morning. <sighs> this morning, it's just it's you know I took a COVID test and I was thank I was thank God it wasn't COVID. Yeah. COVID and it was like right after that I took that. That's when all the fun started happening, but. I'm going to pull a Michael Jordan. No more Chipotle. No more Chipotle for you. I had Chipotle in a couple of weeks. So oh, okay. it was, <laughs> I, I know what it was. It was, you know, it was Mexican food. I'll put okay. it that. I haven't, I haven't had Chipotle in uh, almost 52 years. So uh, I, I'm good. Um, so yeah, we're here. And uh, it luckily for Ryan, uh, it's, we may have a relatively quick show, although we do have a pretty big show to preview. Um, and, uh, we, we have a UFC to recap and honestly, and there's, you know, fairly big story that we'll spend a little bit of time talking about that came out of it. But, um, the, uh, the main event, this was, uh, you know, it was a good card, a lot of finishes, um, a lot of, uh, like really, really strong performances and, uh, not the least of which was in the main event where we saw a new strawweight contender, um, you know, I mean, she's been a contender, but she's, you know, on the short list of title contenders now, Amanda Lemos. Um, I, you know, the first round was, you know, not much happened. Um, you know, it kind of picked up towards the end of the round, but, uh, second and third rounds, uh, Lemos kind of churned up the pace Rodriguez tried to keep up with her, but it, I say now I'm, I'm sure I'm, uh, this is hyperbole of the strongest degree, but, she reminded me a little bit of Vitor Belfort in, in there, uh, the way she just kind of just went crazy. Uh, you know, just those punches were coming so fast and, uh, and Marina didn't know what hit her. And I mean, at first glance, it looked like a quick stoppage, but then when you saw the replay and you saw her eyes, I mean, it was a great stoppage. And, uh, I think it was Jason Herzog was the ref. Yeah. He's always good. So, you know, if, if I think it was a, it was a fast stoppage, I'm probably wrong. Uh, because I I don't recall him ever you know having a bad stoppage. I'm sure he has, but nothing springs to mind. And uh, yeah, just a great performance from her. Um, and Marina, I mean, she you know she was looking all right until you know she wasn't anymore. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I I was uh, I was it was a nice nice fight to cap off a really nice card. Yeah, uh, you answered the one question I was going to have for you on the fight, whether you th- thought it was an early stoppage. I think maybe a tad early, because when I watched the replay, it's like a lot of those punches didn't connect, but the one, a couple that did connect really 
did hurt Rodriguez, but she was still on her she was on her feet the entire time and she was still moving around. So it's like it's to me it's like borderline like like maybe a tad early, but maybe, you know, if he caught on a five five more seconds we would have had a more definitive finish kind of thing. I think it thing. was the the kind of like the eyes rolling in the back of her head yeah. kind of thing was, was yeah. what got her. And then she she put up her hands instinctively to block the punches, <laughs> but she she wasn't quite there. <laughs> you know yeah yeah exactly. exactly i mean yeah i mean and uh we talked about it last week about how this was a dangerous fight for marina rodriguez to take you know basically she was the top contender but uh they she wanted to stay active or they wanted her to stay active for fight wing streak and then put it on the line against amanda limos who only lost to jessica andrage and limos is really talented and and yeah, kind of just you got to feel bad for Rodriguez because she's been right there in that title picture, title picture on the cusp of getting the title shot for seemingly her entire UFC career, and this is a big step back for for. Her. And I I expect Limos will fight the winner of uh, this weekend's title fight. I uh, I gotta say the um, the. I said last week that if you're betting, you you probably want to bet the um, the under or you want to bet that the fight doesn't go the distance. And I was surprised to see that the betting odds actually had it as a favorite to not go the distance. This is now if I'm if my math is correct and if Wikipedia isn't wrong, this was Lemos's fifth stoppage and uh, in UFC and that or no wait maybe it was the fourth. One, two, three. No, fifth stoppage in UFC, which ties a record in the Strawweight division, believe it or not. She ties Rose Namajunas and Jessica Andrade. Yeah. Um, it hasn't been updated in Wikipedia yet, but that was the record going into this week. So um, that, uh, you know, and I mean, you don't see a ton of stra- uh, finishes in Strawweight. And she's also been finished herself twice. So in, you know, those are the kind of fighters you well, want I mean, on the one, top of the card. One of those finishes was... When she fought at Bantamweight. So, oh, was it? Okay. So, yeah, it was a okay. Smith fight. Yeah. Oh, okay. So maybe that's why she doesn't have the record. Or was that the fight? No, but that was the fight. She was finished. Yeah, she, she yeah. was finished. So, I mean, she's fighting yeah. at, she's fighting at strawweight and she got finished by a bit Bantamweight and a Bantamweight fight. So yeah, that, yeah. That, that's kind of, that was kind of a mismatch. But she's had nine fights in UFC and only two of them have gone the distance. And yeah. honestly, those are the kind of fighters you want at the top of the card. You want yeah. fighters that are going to have exciting fights, and that's that is uh, Amanda Lemos, and not a lot of people realize it because she doesn't have a big name. But I think with this win on this stage, I mean, it's sad that probably not a ton of people saw it, but um, you know, she's gonna she's probably gonna get a title shot. Um, you know, maybe you know, we're, I mean, the Strawberry title is being defended this week, so um, she's gonna be somebody you talk about because a performance like that. Um, and, you know, she's 12-2-1 and one now. And, you know, like you said, her two losses came to Leslie Smith, who is a bantamweight, and Jessica Andrade, who, I mean, she's, you know, she's fought all three divisions. But, um, you know, she's probably, you know, the, you know, a bantamweight size. So, I mean, she was probably giving up size to to um, Andrade. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I she kind of snuck under the radar a little bit, I think. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite things is he didn't get involved, but uh, Walid Ismail is is her uh, manager, and he he does a great job of hyping up his Brazilian fighters. Yeah, kind of kind of wish we <laughs> heard from him, but yeah, Amanda Lemos, like I said, absolutely deserves the next title shot at in the at a uh, one fifteen very clearly mm-hmm. after this one, and yeah, big win for her.
is am i out to lunch by like with the vidor comparison like i just i don't know i just no. I was thinking vidor when i when i saw that no okay cool uh and that co-main um this was a hell of a fight um neil magny you know uh just just you know rodriguez uh, came out in the first round and and you know kind of dominated i thought um i guess the round was close but um magny took over and uh ended up finishing him in third just wore rodriguez down and was relentless and magny tied a or no he set a ufc record for welterweight wins 20 wins um and he says i'm not even close to being done i mean he certainly didn't look anything close to being done he's still a top 15 contender and uh you know i i was expecting a rodriguez win here but uh I maybe, you know, I probably sold Magni a little bit short. And it's funny because somebody, I think it was Rodriguez, said, you know, that Magni's a gatekeeper. And then, you know, and oh, I'm no gatekeeper or whatever. I mean, that's exactly what he is. I mean, if you beat Magni, you move up the ladder. And if you don't, you don't make the top, you know, you're not a contender. And, and Magni just never beats the guys ahead of him. But he always beats the guys, you know, coming up. Unless he doesn't, and then they move past him. And I mean, that's the very definition of a gatekeeper. But you know, it's not a bad spot to be. Hey, uh, Magny's 20th uh, UFC win, which now sets the welterweight record. So yeah. that was a that was a big deal. But uh yeah, very, very good fight. It was, you know, the I had Magny win in the first and Rodriguez okay. winning the set win in the second. Second, uh just the first round kind of felt like your your Magny round where he was doing a lot of cl- clinching and looking looking for takedowns and standing cho- choke and uh you know had some take had a takedown takedown uh and then rodriguez kind of started coming on with his striking there in the second but he wasn't really hurting magny and uh but then the third round uh magny just full on full on pressure got to take that got the takedowns and then when they got up he had the had the neck tracked it down had the darts choke locked in submitted daniel rodriguez uh Big win for Magny. I don't think it hurts Rodriguez much because these guys. I mean, Rodriguez fought less than two months ago, and uh, so it was just a quick turn turnaround for him. But uh, yeah, Neil uh, Magny. He's just he's he was calling out Gilbert Burns after the fight. Yeah, yeah fight in, in Brazil, Brazil, Brazil yeah. and you know Magny's not a guy. Magny's one of those guys who kind of fight anyone, anywhere, anytime. So whether you know that's gatekeeper status or just active status, whatever you want to call, call it, you know, he's, he shows up every time. And this is a really good showing for him. He's like the, I mean, you know, it's kind of an obvious comparison, I think, but it's kind of like the Jim Miller of the, uh, of the welterweight division, you know, in a way. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that's just solid comparison right there. Yeah. Um, all right. So the rest of the card, I mean, you know, we went over it last week and there's a lot of, lot of, um, you know, a lot of good fights and you'll go over the whole card, but we always pick our three stars. There was one fight that got canceled. Um, it must've been a late cancellation. Cause I think I actually put a bet on it. Um, and then I got my money back the uh, Parisian Sherman fight. What happened yeah, there? Yeah, it got canceled. It got canceled, uh, early in the morning, morning okay. on Saturday, but, uh, Parisian, he was, uh, I think he like woke up in the middle of the night and was having chest pains and and, oh. and all all that and went to the hospital. He's a guy. He is a guy who cuts weight to make the heavyweight limit. Yeah. So so that could be you know could have been weight cut related, but he had to go to the hospital and they wouldn't let they uh you know they wouldn't let him fight or he wasn't going to be able to fight. So that's why that was canceled. 
I'm sure Chase Sherman will be on another card in two weeks. I swear to God, he's like on he's every week. We're either reviewing a, a, or previewing a Chase Sherman fight. So, um, I I mean I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I'm sure he'll be he'll be. He, he's fought January, April, and July, and I think he's had two fights fall out. So yeah, yeah. So I'm not far off. Um, and yeah, he's so been, and he's been cut once this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then he came back and got that big win, which you know probably got him a you know a four fight contract. So, yeah. um, uh, so what? Who were your three stars then? Uh, I'm. I mean, going... you could probably pick ten stars. On that, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there was nine finishes in eleven yeah. fights. Uh, number one, I'm going to go with Tagir Ulanbekov. Just, I mean, just absolutely destroyed Nate Manis. Uh, finished him in the first round with a guillotine choke. Uh, just, just dominant. Just took him. Took him down. Admit, uh, here I am trying to do something, and I got damn pop ups all over oh. the place. <laughs> I hate that. But uh, but uh, yeah, just uh, got him down and landed elbows from the top. Grabbed the neck when they stood. Deep guillotine choke. It was standing. It was a standing guillotine choke. So that yeah. was very impressive. It was so. <clears throat> and then my second star. Uh, and there's a lot to pick from. I'm going. Uh. Pollyanna Vienna, just that's uh, another another strawweight fight that finished that had a finish. Except this one lasted forty seven seconds. Uh, she just uh, beautiful combination. Drop Frey. Uh, Frey looked like she went out cold, which is which is something you rarely see a strawweight. You know mm-hmm. when somebody gets dropped, you know going out cold. But uh, I'll, that one. And then my third one, I'm going to go Mario Batista. Just uh, you very rarely see a reverse triangle armbar as a finish. In the yeah. UFC, just complete like overshadowing Benito Lopez on the ground, and once he got Lopez on the ground, it was working for all kinds of submissions. Went for an arm triangle choke, choke, got the bag. Went for a rear naked choke, then he went for an arm bar, then he went for a triangle choke, then he had the reverse triangle choke locked in, and then he then he locked in the arm, the reverse triangle arm bar, got the finish. Just beautiful grappling from Batista. Yeah, those are those are solid choices there. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Grant Dawson first off. Um, Mads, Mark Madsen came out guns a blazing and knocked Grant Dawson down early, and then went to the ground with them. And then and Mark Madsen's the Olympic level wrestler, and Grant Dawson was determined. I'm gonna out wrestle Mark Madsen, and damned if he didn't. And he just. He just wore this guy down. He just kept taking him down, holding him down. Wasn't doing a ton of damage, but just just battered the soul out of Mark Madsen. And by the third round, now I don't. They didn't mention this on the broadcast, and I don't know. I was actually going to message you about this. I would say about 15 seconds before Madsen actually tapped. I swear to God, I saw him tapping, and then he basically decided not to, and then. Dawson got the rear naked choke in, and then he 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 officially tapped. But I swear I saw him tapping. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't remember that. Okay, story. yeah, but either way, like he he basically like he tapped from the choke, but he wasn't even fighting the choke. Like he was just done. He was looking for a way out of that fight because he just couldn't do anything with uh, with Dawson. And then Dawson was so happy after the fight, and he's asking Cormier, "How's my wrestling?" And that was that was the fight where he was asking Cormier about that, right? And then he wanted to get a yeah. picture with him. And yeah, that yeah. was really cool. And Cormier was like so happy um, to uh, to 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 get a to have somebody be that happy to meet him. Um, I I will go with uh, now the uh, usually there's so many finishes on this show, but I got to go with Miranda Maverick. 
uh, <laughs> over Shanna Young because this was so dominant. Um, I actually scored at 30-25. All three judges scored at 30-26, which is rare to have that many 10-8s, especially in, in Las Vegas in 2022 because you pretty much have to kill somebody to get a 10 eight and uh, all three judges gave gave her one and uh she looked she looked great and uh you know she's so young and and you know was a was a big prospect she's still only 25 and um that's her second straight win so she's kind of back on track now in flyweight and flyweight's kind of a weak division so you know maybe one or two wins and and she'll be right there and the uh, my third star is another female fighter, uh, Tamiris Vidal in the opener, uh, knocked out Ramona Pascal with a flying knee, and that was it was kind of like a double knee where she you know like kind of went up, hit her in the body, and then kind of um, in the chin and and just knocked her out, and uh, really really strong showing uh, for her. Um, she this is bantamweight, you know, again another weak division, and this is her second straight win, second straight finish. Um, you know, the first one was in LFA, but, um, you know, first round um, KO in uh, bantamweight is going to open up a lot of eyes and she'll probably get, you know, like somebody close to the top 15 in her next fight because there's not a ton of bantamweights in UFC. So uh, nice performance from her. And I would put her on that Brazil card if um, if I was booking because, you know, that's far enough away now and she didn't take any damage here. So, um, yeah. So, but yeah, a lot, a lot of finishes and, uh, you can take us through the rest of them. I mean, I kind of wanted to find a spot for Jake Hadley, but you know, I just, you know, they, you know, you'll, you'll talk about him in a second, but yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. I don't think his finish was as impressive as the ones I highlighted, but yeah, yeah. he still had a good finish, but, uh, I'm going to, first off, I want to talk about, talk about, uh, on the, we had four fighters miss weight for the card, which tied, yeah, which yeah, tied good, the record for you brought that up. Yeah. Which tied the record for most missing, uh, Grant Dawson, Benito Lopez, Carlos Candelario and Ramona Pasquale. They all missed. And we almost set the record because Shanna young, she missed on her first try. And she was the only one that took the extra hour to try to cut. She only missed by one pound. And on her second attempt, attempt, she missed again. But because you have a full hour and you can try to weigh in as many times in that full in that hour, hour, you know, if you know, to try to make it after she missed the second time, she cut her hair and then oh, just, yeah, they right. got back on the that. Yeah, they got back on the scale and uh and uh made weight. So instead of setting the record, we uh tied the record. Wasn't one of the fighters they said um did it like weighed in really early, missed, and then didn't even bother trying again. Uh, uh, I seem to. Re- I think it might have been Dawson. Yeah, I can't. Rem- I can't remember who they were talking about, and I don't know. Yeah, because Cruz mentioned it, and yeah, and uh, he, it's kind of like you know, because he said those last two pounds are like the hardest pounds to lose, and I guess the you know whoever it was just decided, you know what, I'm just I'm just not even going to try. I'll just give up yeah. the twenty percent. Yeah, usually guys, if they miss by two, if they miss by two or more, which was you know three of the, yeah or three of the four. Three of the four, they all, you know, they all missed by, by well, Candelario missed by a pound and a half, but yeah, well, pound and a half. half and Dawson you know, was the guy too that said, like he, he basically said, "I'm never going to miss weight again." Like I know yeah. short notice, but no excuses. I promise you, I'll never lose. And it sucks for him because he's 19 and one now. I think he's got like 10 straight wins in UFC. Well, and he's like, that, re- he had that one draw with Rick Glenn right. not too long ago, but yeah. And really should be ranked, but because he missed weight, it's going to be tough. So, yeah. Um, yeah and but. he was calling out Tony Ferguson. Yeah, I, I love that. that and, he's, and he says, if I fight anyone else, then you'll know he ducked me. 
It's <laughs> like that's awesome. Yeah. So, so but yeah, yeah. Like I just wanted to bring bring that up, talking about Grant Dawson because yeah. you were talking about him and his post fight promo was really strong, really yeah. strong. But uh, yeah. But <laughs> excuse me. But uh, yeah, going over the card, we started off uh, with with uh, uh, Tamir Zadell finishing Ramona Pasquale three minutes six seconds in the first round, like you talked about. Then we had Jake Hadley submitting. Carlos Candelario in the second round. The first round was back and forth on the feet, really high-level striking yep. from both. And then Hadley was able to take over with the grappling in the second round. Candelario was the one who scored the takedown, but Hadley was working from the bottom, bottom setting up a triangle choke, choke, landing elbows, and kept just salting Candelario up until he got the triangle choke locked in. Very impressive finish. Then we had a bantamweight fight, one of our two fights that went to the decision. Johnny Munoz, uh, unanimous decision over Ludwig Sholinian, 30-27, 30-27, Not much to talk about there. It was the weakest fight on the card. Uh, then we had Pollyanna Vienna knocking out Jin Frey, uh, 47 seconds. Really, really good showing for Vienna. She's she's uh, won three of her last four after after a three-fight losing skid. So she's making her way back up at the uh, – the uh, strawweight rankings. Uh, then we had Mario Batista reverse triangle armbar finished first round over Benito Lopez. Then cap it off the prelims, Miranda Maverick dominant unanimous decision over Shanna Young. Then on the main card kicked off with Grant Dawson, uh, dominant submission third round over Mark Madsen. You were talking about Mark Madsen coming out strong. I remember, I think it was early in the week where he said, where he basically, it was implied to him that he needs to be more exciting if he wants yeah. to keep his spot on the roster because, because yeah, he's an Olympian. He was undefeated coming in, coming in this fight, fight, you know, and was four and oh, four and oh in the, uh, in his UFC career before this one. But, uh, the last three have been to the decision and not necessarily the most exciting fights. So he was trying to have an exciting fight and it kind of backfired for him. But Grant Dawson's super talented, so not not a bad loss for Madsen. Uh, then we had Flyway, Tiger, Ulenbekov finishing Nate Manis, two minutes, 11 seconds in the first round of the guillotine choke. Uh, we talked about Nate Manis last week. That was his second straight fight against a Dagestan guy, and uh, he posted on Twitter – Twitter today that just give me all the Dagestans. I'll I'll fight all the Dagestan <laughs> fighters. Like even though it's, he's 0 for two, he just he'll fight them all. So I think there's a Nurmagomedov at flyweight. So maybe yeah. he's next. Yeah, I, I I mean I don't know if you saw the picture of Nate Manis before he weighed in, and he made weight, but he did not look good. Like no. it was it was kind of scary scary looking, and like, and it was a scary looking weight weight cut. Uh, then we had a featherweight fight. Uh, Shia Shailan Nerdenbeka finished Derek Minner in a minute and seven seconds in the first round. Uh, we're going to talk about this fight a little yeah. bit later. We kind of wanted to avoid talking about this because there was a there's a situation that has since come out, and uh, we're going to talk about it in our we have to talk about segment because it's kind of to me like it's kind of a bit kind of an important thing given the recent actions of the UFC about certain things. So we'll get into that in a bit, bit. We kind of wanted to avoid talking about this, but, and then uh, you had the co-main event, Neil Magny, uh, submitting Daniel Rodriguez in the third round. And then the main event, Amanda Lemos finished in Marino Rodriguez in the third round. So, 
really knowledgeable uh, fans might be yelling at their thing right now because I mentioned I think there's a Nurmagomedov. Like, that's who he lost to in his last fight yeah, <laughs> because uh, of Umar. But that was at Bantamweight. That was <laughs> yeah, at Bantamweight, yeah, but it was so. at Bantamweight, but still, yeah. So he's already he's already fought yeah. in Nurmagomedov. Um, yeah, that, yeah, so yeah, we will talk about that in, in our We Have to Talk About segment. And if you don't know uh, what it's about, buckle up because we, we got we got some stuff to say um the performance bonuses i i thought it's funny no no fight of the night uh magni and rodriguez i thought could have got to fight of the night but uh instead of fifty thousand bonus for magni uh, also mario batista uh pollyanna viana and uh Tamiris vidal all got fifty thousand bonuses so um that uh and of course no gate um 11 fight card you know it's kind of a short card um so we saw um, former uh, WWE uh, performer uh, Charlie Arnold uh, interviewing backstage, which is kind of cool. Um, I guess we've seen a lot of her, but I just I didn't I don't always watch that stuff, so I, I noticed her on this one. Um, and you, but your your favorite person was also a guest analyst, but I'm sure you fast forwarded through all that. Who was that? Juliana Pena. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, on the uh, on the thing. Yeah, I I definitely fast forwarded it when I saw her on there. Who were the other two? Uh, was it Dean Thomas and Alan Joban? It was Alan Joban. You know what? Alan Joban is a guy I never recognize yeah. um, because he's, I he he's on it pretty like much Mitch every week. Chilson. Yeah, he reminds me of Mitch Chilson. But um, yeah, I, I I think the first time I saw him, I I messaged you and I asked you who is that, and uh, he's he's good. He's, um, you know, he's, he's, he's got a good perspective. He's definitely like a fighter. Uh, you, you know, that comes through when, when he's talking, actually, what I heard of Juliana, she, she was fine. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's not like, uh, um, PFL or, um, um, combate where they just let her go nuts. Like she's controlled and measured. And I think with two dudes on the panel and, and, uh, the other, um, woman there, she's, she's on her best behavior. So they don't let her swear on the set so that's good too. <laughs> uh yeah so uh we got uh, this coming week there's a few shows and uh you had wanted to we just thought we'd highlight a couple of them no no other big uh like bellator pfl or anything the pfl playoffs are coming up soon uh, a couple weeks but um we got a cffc show uh from uh the seminal hard rock in tampa uh that's that's weird because they're usually in um pennsylvania Jersey. but Jersey, Jersey Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, yeah. But uh, we got uh, Diego Paiva and Makahato Takahashi in the main event. Uh, don't know if there's anything else on here you want to highlight, or if there's a reason why you want to mention, it or just I was just talking about notable, notable, you know, regional shows. Like, I guess, like I said, if you watch a lot, a lot of these regional shows that we talk about, they're on Fight Pass, and if you're yeah. a viewer of those, you're seeing guys who are going to be on the Contender Series coming up, coming up. So this is kind of a good way to kind of find diamonds in the diamonds in the rough. And I don't watch too much regional MMA anymore just because there's yeah. so much because there's just so much just just UFC UFC and you know and there was a time where fighting controlled 100 percent of my life and I, i'm trying to back off where it only controls about 80 percent of my life so <laughs> there's so. um th- this one's on thursday so you know if if you know if, if you're not a big fan of other sports um you know there that that's definitely something you'd want to yeah, watch if you don't want to watch the panthers and and uh falcons game you can yeah which this. yeah who wants to watch the panthers and falcons unless you live in uh carolina north carolina or uh atlanta um the uh i'm just 
being facetious there. Um, the one guy, though, uh, he's in the main event, and I could see him, you know, if he wins, he's in UFC, probably the next fight is Makato Takahashi. He's 22 years old. He's on an eight-fight win streak, flyweight. Um, you know, that's a division where they're always looking to add. So, um, And then uh, there is a – what was the other one? Um, there's a Ryzen show this weekend. I'm just uh, trying to trying to find it here. Uh, I should have had it up before we started. But there one before Ryzen was um, Cage Warriors on Saturday. Um, that's obviously the uh, England promotion that uh, or UK promotion that spawned Conor McGregor, to Patty, and among other people. So that's another one. It's on UFC Fight Pass on Saturday afternoon. Um, and yeah, former UFC or UFC or Bellator, Jim Wallhead is uh, the big name on the card, but. Um, Christian Leroy Duncan, middleweight, six and zero, probably the guy to keep an eye on out there. And these shows are always fun. Crowds are hot. This one's from uh, Manchester, so you know they'll they'll be hot there. Um, and then uh, there's the the one, the biggest one, probably. I know there's a lot of Ryzen fans. I know Justin, who listens to this show, is uh is is a big Ryzen fan, and they've got their landmark show on Sunday. Um, I don't see any. Huge names on here. UK Matoya. Minowa Man's fighting, believe it or not. Did you know that? <laughs> Still? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's fighting on the. He's, How old yeah. is he now? You know what's funny? They've already got his result put up as a loss as a TKO on topology <laughs> for this card that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I don't know if it's recorded or uh, if they're just assuming. Oh, wait a minute. That was last no, they've week. got results for all these cards. Oh, this was past. This was this past was on, Saturday. Was on, That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was, so that this it was okay. was it was yesterday. Yeah. It was yesterday. Okay. So there. That's why. Okay. I'm wondering what the hell. Yeah. So this was okay. Oh, it's KSW. You wanted me to review. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm bad. This is preparation, guys. But, it's uh, like Ryan's <laughs> the one that's sick, and I'm the one that's screwing up here. But um, but uh, but uh, Minowa man, he's 46. Yeah. Still Teacher, fighting. His teachers were. Uh, Masakatsu Funaki and Minoru Suzuki, and his record is 64, 44, and 8. 116 hey. fights. He's over 500. Yeah. No, the big one is uh, KSW. And this one, if you're in Canada, actually, you can watch KSW on Fight Network. You still can't watch Rampage, but you can watch KSW. Um, there's not too many big names. Probably the biggest one to U.S. fans would be Powell Pollock and Tom Breeze. I think they're both former UFC fighters. Yeah. Yeah. They're fighting a middleweight. Um, and other than that, the main event is Sebastian Rajewski and Saladin Parnage, which is a lightweight fight. I feel like Saladin might be a former UFC fighter as well. No. Name sounds familiar. No. No. no? Okay. Yeah, you would know for sure. Um, oh yeah, no, just just all KSW fights. Sometimes these KSW uh fighters get world rankings, and that's why. I'm fooled into thinking they're former UFC fighters, but, um, but yeah, those fights are always fun. The presentation is great. It's like yeah, the po- crowds are always good. <laughs> yeah. Polish version of pride basically there. And this one is from Poland. So, and yeah, you can get it on fight TV or, or again in, um, on fight network in Canada. If you're, if you're North of the border, excuse me, I think it's available in some places in the U S too, but, uh, but the big one, of course, this weekend is uh, UFC 281 from uh, Madison Square Garden. Uh, this is uh, this is the hardcore fans' dream here. That with between the main event and uh, and uh, Poirier and Chandler, and then you even got time to 
you know, go make some nachos during the uh, the strawweight title fight. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I don't, I'm sure that'll be fun. Weili Zhang is always good. But uh, main event: Israel Adesanya, Alex Bahia, with all those um, fight with all those finishes on uh, sat- Saturday. They had plenty of time to preview this, and we saw a ton of different video packages, training footages, and sort of a bunch of stuff that's going to be on the countdown specials this week. But of course, the story here, and we've talked about Alex Pereira before he even started. He's the only guy to ever knock out Israel Adesanya in combat sports. He's got two wins over him in kickboxing, and now he's uh, undefeated in UFC. And uh, you know, two years in, and or no, a year in, right? He made his debut a year ago on the MSG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's already getting a title fight. So it's a little earlier than we probably thought it would happen, but can't say he didn't deserve it. Middleweight is not stacked with contenders, and uh, Pereira just keeps looking better and better. And you know, he beat. Um, uh, Sean Strickland in his last fight, and that I mean, that was his most impressive victory to date. So, uh, he's got Adesanya here, and uh, I say if Adesanya wants to get his win back, this is probably the best time to do it because I think the trajectory they're heading on, um, you know, like if this was a year from now, I would say it might be more in the favor of Pereira. But, uh, what, what do you think? Okay, uh, first of all, if there's anybody who's listening who's a member of the F4W site and gets on the message board, if you go into the Mixed Martial Arts session, a section and you go into the event threads that I create for every event there, I did put up both uh, both uh, Adesanya Pereira fights in the, in the thread if you've never seen them and you want to. You want to watch them, uh, you know, especially the second one with the knockout. Knockout, they're uh, available in there. And then, and anybody else listening, you can find them on YouTube. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when they signed out, I talked about it whenever they signed Alex Pereira. The whole point of signing him was to get this fight ready. And, yeah, it happened. Happened a year. Year. <laughs> a year after Pereira made his, made his debut. Uh, probably quicker than anybody anticipated. But, you got to strike while the iron's hot, and but while yeah. both, you know, while both are, you know, on a streak, on a streak at middleweight, and Pereira, he's coming off that uh, that knockout win over Sean Strickland, like you said. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry about that. That came out bad, but um, but yeah, but uh, Adesanya, he's got something he wants to prove in this fight, and you know, we there's been a lot of criticism lately about Adesanya being in supporting fights. I don't think that's going to happen here. I think this is going to be an extremely crazy fight, and I think we're going to get a finish in this one. And I'm kind of leaning towards Adesanya because right now his skill set is better for MMA than Pereira's is. But a year from now, I'd be picking Pereira probably. Yeah, so that's kind of the same thing I said. Um, and, yeah, I'm I'm – I have a hard time picking against Adesanya. I mean, the only time we ever saw him lose was when he moved up and he fought a guy that was probably 30 pounds heavier than him um, in the cage. And um, I just feel like he's got way more tools. But what we've seen is if Pereira can tag him. And, you know, Adesanya, look, we haven't really seen him get hit that hard, um, you know, because his defense is so great. So, you know, and and I mean, but basically if, if Pereira can keep it to a kickboxing uh, match. I mean, that's his best strategy. So we may actually see some actual wrestling from Adesanya, which I don't recall ever really seeing much of. Um, you know, you you have better memory than me for this stuff. But other than you know when he was being kept getting taken down by Jan Blakovic, but um, it, it, like, is there another fight that where he's used his wrestling that 
I can the, the Whitaker fights. The Whitaker, the Whitaker fights. fights. But that was still it was Whitaker taking it to the ground more, right? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, Adesanya was getting back up, and Whitaker is a strong wrestler, so, so yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, but but I mean, th- so in this case, though, it would be Adesanya trying to take Pereira down. If, if you know, I would think because I don't think Pereira is going to be trying to take him uh, down. I mean, but, that would be silly, <laughs> Paul. I don't think there's going to be anybody trying to take anybody down down in this one. Well, then if that, if you know, I just think think we're going to see just a pure kickboxing match. And if that's the case, then you know what? It's not a bad idea to put some money on Pereira. Uh, Right now, he's a plus one fifty five underdog. But if this stays on the feet, I mean, at some point, Pereira is probably going to hit him in twenty five minutes. Yeah, I mean, Um, those are close. Those are close odds. I know. I mean, that's that's kind of crazy. I mean, and you look at some of the other odds in this fight. Like, I was surprised, for instance, that Aaron Blanchfield is like such a huge favorite over Molly McCann, Um, like three ninety. Um, but, uh, yeah, like that is, and I think my, my gut says the smart money is probably going to come in on Adesanya, um, over the next few days. So this may be the best price you can get him at, at uh, minus minus one ninety. Um, but if you want the, if you want the underdog, then I would suggest waiting until just before fight time. If, if you really feel like Pereira is going to win, wait for those odds to come up a bit. Um, you know, if you can get him at like plus 200 by Saturday, um, that that's probably some good value there. Um, and then the co-main, um, we saw Carlos Barza win the title uh, in the worst fight of the year, one of the worst title fights of all time over uh, Rose Namajunas. And here she's got Weili Zhang, who has had a couple great title fights, uh, you know, and, and one non-title fight. Or, uh, yeah, with uh, Rose. And um, this this one here is uh, going to be a – oh, no, those were both title fights. What am I talking about? The uh, the two the two fights with Rose and the the one the split decision in November of last year which was just a classic. Um, I uh, I I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't really have a sense. I again, you know, you talk about the wrestler and and the striker, and I you know obviously Aspar is going to try to take her down, but if Whaley hits her, I think it's over. Like I don't think Carla's going to be able to take those shots. I, I'm not feeling anything good for Carla going yeah. into this fight in this fight. She was, she was good enough to beat Rose Rose for the title in, in May, but uh, Rose does tend to fight down to her opponents a lot of, t- a lot of times. And that was, a, that was a very, very obvious case of Rose fighting down, down to Sparza's level and the Sparza's game plan in that. And Whaley is not going to do that. Whaley's going to come out blitzing her, blitz her. She, uh, Whaley fit, Finish Joanna there in June, excuse me, there in June, and just look, looked absolutely incredible. Her wrestling was strong. Her striking was insane. Um, she's she's just built like a brick house for straw weight. I mean, she's lifting Francis Naganu up up, you know, putting him in, <laughs> put, putting him in like a torture rack position. So I mean, she's very strong and just, just yeah. I, I I'm not expecting a fun night at the office for Esparza. And at the end of the night, I do think Whaley's going to finish her and become a two time champion. Okay, I I don't look at the odds. Tell me what you think the odds should be for this fight. Uh, Whaley probably minus uh, four hundred. Okay, do get your money in now. Believe it or not, Carla Sparza is minus three sixty. No, Whaley is plus two eighty. No, you got those wrong. I'm I'm looking at them right now, unless Topology has them wrong. Yeah, you and, got and those. it's possible they do because they have way before. off. Yeah. Well, I'm looking. I'm looking right now. Can you look up? Uh, can you look up best fight odds? Best because fight odds. Yeah. Uh, 
right now. Best fight odds, DraftKings, which is their main thing, main thing that they use. Yeah, yeah, DraftKings. Gotta scroll down because for some odd reason they have this show listed as December thirty first. <laughs> oh wow! I like. I mean, if this is correct, I mean, I might almost uh, stop the show. Whaley's minus Whaley's minus three fifty as far as it's plus two ninety. Okay, so this is like they've got this backwards on topology then, um, <laughs> which again would not be the first time that's happened. And maybe, yeah, because I mean, when I saw that, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, um, and I'm almost wondering now about that other one then, Blanchfield and McCann, but. Um, the, um, yeah, that's cause yeah, to me, this feels like a title change all the way. Um, Carla didn't even really want to fight. Um, you know, I think she was more or less forced into taking this fight because she wanted to take the rest of the year off, you know, from all that damage she took in the Rose fight. Um, uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, this, this feels (laughs) like she wanted to be champion longer than three months. Yeah, exactly. This, uh, yeah, this, this is not going to be pretty. And, and, uh, hopefully, um, you know, and the funny thing is too, is they're going to have to follow Poye and Chandler. So, um, they got that working against them too, but, uh, I expect a new champion here and, uh, I don't think it's going to take Weili Zhang or Zhang Weili very long. Um, and then, you know, for some people, you know, this may be the real main event. Uh, I know a lot of fight fans have been looking forward to this since before it was signed. Uh, Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler in uh, in Madison Square Garden. These two are going to have, if this isn't a fight of the year candidate, then it's a disappointment. <laughs> you know, it, it, I can say, and no idea what's going to happen other than violence. Yeah, our uh, our good friend Jeremy Botter, uh, he used to, <laughs> and when you back when he was covering MMA, you know, and, and uh, you know, active on Twitter during during oh, I think during I fights, he would always talk about no pants fights. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like like fights that make you take off your. Couldn't pants. remember if it was him or Snowden that did that. But it was no, Botter, it, was, right? it was Botter. It was Botter. Okay. But uh, this is the definition of a no pants fight. If yeah. there was any fight that was a definition of a no pants fight, it's this one. It's just two violent guys. Michael Chandler uh, is probably the most dangerous lightweight for the first seven minutes of a fight, and if you can get past that, you're gonna have gonna have a uh, you know a better shot at beating him. Poirier is just a dog, though. It's just he's just he's incredible. Michael Chandler's incredible. There's no way this should be a bad fight. I wish it was 25 minutes. Just, just, I just, I don't know if it's going to go twenty five minutes, but I think it'll go. I think it'll go fifteen. I think it'll, yeah. I think it'll go the distance here, distance here, and uh, yeah. Poirier hasn't fought uh, since December of last year, so he's coming into into this one fresh. Of course, Chandler's coming off that that brutal knockout of Tony Ferguson. So, yeah, it's just this this fight alone is worth is worth the pay per view money. So I feel like if if they have the fight that everyone's expecting them to. Um, I think you can just pretty much pencil Michael Chandler in for like every Madison Square Garden yeah. net card now for like the next ten this years. This is this is a lot like <laughs> it's a lot like Chandler and Gaethje yeah. last year, where where we all knew going in that's going to be a hell of a fight, and it was ended up being fight of the year, one of the all time great UFC fights. And and, and the funny thing is, one. is like I can't even say it like over delivered because it's like exactly what we we're expecting. <laughs> you know, if it, if it hadn't have been the fight of the year, we would have been disappointed. Um, and and it feels like that going into this one. Um, and I don't even know like what happens. Like I I suppose the winner, you know, is probably in line for a title shot, especially with a new champion. But I just kind of want them to just keep having these fights with each other, just have like a round robin, you know, with uh, you know these two and Geishi and you know you can probably throw uh 
you know, somebody else in there. I don't know, you know, Holloway, uh, if he moves up, um, or uh, you know, Oliveira, you know, now that he's not the champion, you know, you can just throw him right in there too and just keep just having these fights among all these guys. Um, they're just great. And it's like, you can't lose with this. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the card is, I mean, it's solid. Strong. We, yeah, yeah, Strong, we got, actually. yeah, we got Frankie Edgar in his last fight and his UFC contract. Um, you know, uh, Hooker and Puelas, and yeah, I don't know if kind of a weird choice for the last main card fight with all the loaded up undercard, but it really doesn't matter. Um, but uh, I don't know if you want to do. Do you want to talk any more about those two fights, or you want to just get right into your three fights to watch? I'll get into my three fights to watch. Okay. So uh, first one is going to be uh, Dominic Reyes against Ryan Spann, light heavyweight fight on yeah. the prelims. Uh, Reyes famously came within inches of beating John Jones for the light heavyweight title. And uh, after that, he uh, lost to Jan Bukovic in an interim title fight. Or it wasn't – can't remember if it was interim or full-blown. No, I think it was full-blown full blown, uh, actual – Light heavyweight title, but yeah, that and, and then lost that, and then got knocked out, a vicious knockout by Yuri Prochaska, uh last May. hasn't fought since hasn't fought in uh, what was that sixteen months now, seventeen months, eighteen months, eighteen months. Yeah, my math is off. Eighteen months. Uh, so yeah, I'm very interested in seeing how Reyes looks and Span. Span is you know a guy who brings the fight, looks to finish guys. I mean, he's only been to decision twice in UFC. UFC's last four last four fights have been finishes two and two in those. So we'll see. That should be a really good fight. Uh, second fight I'm looking forward to is lightweight fight, uh, capping off the uh, prelims. Brad Riddell and Renato Moicano. Uh, that should be nothing but action packed kind of fight. Kind of fight. Very uh, very interesting lightweight fight. Both of them. Both of them kind of looking to rebound from a uh, recent tough outings. Brad Riddell's lost two in a row, lost Jalen Turner in his last fight. Moicano hasn't fought since he took that uh, Rafael Dos Anjos fight on like five days notice in, in March. So uh, that should be a good fight. And I do want to say my third fight is that Dan Hooker, Claudio Puelas fight. Okay. Puelas is a, he's, he's moving up the ladder lightweight. He lost his, he lost his UFC debut, the uh, ultimate fighter, uh, Latin America three finals, but he's won five in a row since then. Uh, three of them by submission, all three of those by knee bar, uh, coming off a win over Clay Guida. Uh, Dan Hooker, uh, back at lightweight for this one. Uh, he's had a rough patch. He's lost four of his last five, but when you look at those, look at those four losses Poirier, Chandler, Makachev, Arnold Allen. He's losing to top level guys and uh i think lightweight is good for him so yeah that fun. all right and i uh i was working on my roi stuff and i didn't quite finish it i got i got up to the main card um and uh didn't didn't quite finish but i did notice on the on the undercard um the three fighters that had a little bit of value ryan span who you mentioned um and he's an underdog Aaron Blanchfield actually, even though she's a she's a big favorite, like she she's actually got a pretty positive ROI. But man, something about that fight, like I, I don't like the idea of betting against Molly. So I, you're I just, just you're you're a big Molly fan, but I was gonna point point this out when I got to it on the rundown. But this is not a good fight for her. 
No, not at all. Like, and so I'm like, I want to kind of stay away from this one because I just want to root for Molly. And uh, but the money says to bet on on uh, Blanchfield, and then the other one who, who had uh, really good um, uh, positive ROI, and obviously it's because he's he's undefeated. But Otman Azatar, and uh, and he's you know, and he's as even money against Matt Frivola. So um, that that one, you know, when you get an undefeated fighter at even money, it, you know, on the undercard, it's usually a f- fairly safe bet. So, um, yeah, so my three, you know, and again, that's without looking at the main card, uh, just based on the odds, like, I, I gotta think like Zhang Wei Li is pretty safe. So you probably just throw her on a parlay. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, I, I do like Alex prayer in the main event, um, uh, at, at, but if only if, if the odds come down a bit, like if it stays where it is now at 155, mm, I, if I if you can get out of Sanya at like minus 175, 180, like I think that's good money there too. So, uh, so why don't you uh, take us through the rest of this just completely stacked card? Yep, 14 fights kicks off uh, with the early prelims on ESPN Plus at six Eastern time. Uh, first fight is light heavyweight fight, Carlos Ulberg against Nikolai Negramanu. Uh, Ulberg's part of the city kickboxing team. They've got four fighters on this card, so they're looking to have a big night, and he'll get it, things started started with, for for them, hopefully on a positive note, note for that team. But Negramano is pretty good, too, so this should be an interesting fight. Then we have a bantamweight fight, Julio Arce against uh, Montel Jackson. A featherweight fight, Michael Trezano, former tough winner against Xiong Wu Choi. And with a women's strawweight fight, Carolina Kovalkiewicz. Who saved her UFC career uh, in her last fight when she uh, finished Felice Herrig, and uh, she's fighting Silvana Gomez Juarez, uh, and then capping off the early prelims, lightweight fight Matt Frivola and Otman Azatar, and this is Azatar's first fight since the shenanigans he pulled at UFC 257, which he was supposed to fight Frivola that week. But uh, that was when it was on Fire Island, and they still had all those restrictions, and he tried to help people enter the designated safety zone and he ended up getting fired for a little bit but they brought him back he hasn't fought since uh what uh september of 2020 so he's on a he's on a long layoff but he's he's an action fighter fighter 12 finishes and 13 wins 13 and 0 so that that should be an interesting fight then our uh, main prelims uh eight easter time on espn news and espn plus kicks off middleweight fight andre prochowski against wellington terman then women's flyweight fight, Aaron Blanchfield against Molly McCann. I, like I said, Paul, I know you're a big McCann fan, but I don't <laughs> like this matchup for her. And maybe this matchup is the reason they didn't put Patty on the show. So, so you know, they yeah. didn't want to. And then we have light heavyweight fight, Dominic Reyes against Ryan Spann. <clears throat> and then lightweight fight, Brad Riddell against Hanato Moicano. Uh, Finishing things for the prelims. Main card, Dan Hooker against Claudio Puelas. Frankie Edgar in his retirement fight. He gets to the Master Square Garden against Chris Gutierrez. And you have Poirier Chandler. And then the two title fights, Esparza Whaley and Adesanya Pereira. All right. We're starting to lose Ryan a bit, but you know what? We're we're in the home stretch. I'd say we're at least two thirds of the way through, and and you still got a voice. So yeah, I we'll got keep a, going. I got a I got a voice. It's uh, all right. My throat hurts from earlier when I was yeah when stuff was coming out when stuff was coming out that end. I'll put it yeah. that way, but I'm I'm making it through. This is the uh, standard pay per view, obviously. Um, you know, after having the last one in Abu Dhabi, so it's you know regular time, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, prelims get underway at 6 p.m. Eastern on. Uh, you know all the platforms. I think uh, the the main card prelims they said last week are on ESPN News, right? 
yeah 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 um and uh and then in canada tsn as usual and then pay-per-view on espn plus and traditional pay-per-view everywhere else so that is uh yeah and obviously from madison square garden so it's big show of the year question of the week um and this is a good one um so ryan picked the question this week um how would Ben Askren have done had he come to the UFC in his prime? Man, that's an interesting question. So we're talking his prime is like 2012, 2013, you yeah. know, I would say, right? Yeah, I brought this question up because Ben Askren, he was he did an interview interview this week, you know, and one of the big things he was talking about was, was UFC and Dana White deciding to not sign him in 2013 when they had the chance. Right. And and this is so in 2013, he was the uh, the Bellator, you know, welterweight champion. Um, right. And then, well, he went to one right after that. So we're, we're basically in this fantasy world. He's you know, he's his contract is run out in Bellator. He's leaves as the champion. And instead of going to one, he comes over to to UFC uh, in, uh, you know, late 2013, early 2014, because he fought fought a bunch of times in one fought like seven times um who was the champion in 2013 was it still gsp uh, gsp at the time yes yeah so i i don't think he's beaten gsp um uh, you know i i think he's gonna be a lot like jake shields um he's better better wrestler obviously than jake shields but i don't think he's as good of a striker as shields was um i i don't know but i think he'd have made a lot of money <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> right. i'm uh, yeah his style was unique, of course, for that. And he just dominated everyone in Bellator. But he also come over to UFC at that time, which was still pre-USADA. So mm-hmm. welterweight was kind of a killer division. You know, even you know, even though GSP was the champion, he did walk away November 2013. But then you had Johnny Hendricks, who was who was a strong wrestler who could knock out a truck. At that, you know, especially at that time, at that time, because we'll just, you know, we'll let your imagination be what it is. You know, he fell off a cliff right when you saw to come in. So make it make of that what you will. Uh, you have Robbie Lawler having incredible fights and just just a, a dog at that division in that division. Uh, welterweight was, you know, Rory McDonald was big at that time. Just that was a big division. I. I think he would have had some success. I don't think he would have been a champion. I think he would have fought for a title, but uh, I don't. You know, I I think the, the talent gap between Bellator and UFC at the time was very was very wide. So I'm not 100 percent sure he would have too much success. I could see him being a guy who had like 10 fights and went seven and three kind of thing. Now the the one thing is is and, and I didn't think of this when I first was speaking, but he, I mean, he would have been coming in right at the same time as GSP was leaving. So, you know, he would have fought Johnny Hendricks perhaps, at and if Usada had kicked in, if he caught Hendricks at the right time, he could have. You know, I mean, Lawler is the one that got the belt. Um, I mean, Hendricks got the belt first. Uh, so yeah, Hendricks got the belt from GSP, but then Lawler got it from Hendricks, right? Well, GSP had the title. He had that close fight with Hendricks that GSP won, and then he vacated the title. Hendricks, right. Hendricks beat Lawler yep. the first fight, and then Lawler. Is there a chance the that maybe instead of it being Hendricks and Lawler, it's actually Hendricks and Askren? 
Would they uh, very put him right in a title fight? Very, very possibly because yeah, because they were going to put Hendricks in the title fight regardless, and Lawler ended up being the being the number yeah. one guy whenever he beat Rory McDonald on that same show that uh, that Hendricks and GSP fought. So they could have, you know, that might have been, you know, again, if they they could have just stuck him right in a title fight, given the the fact that he was coming in as the Bellator champion and all that hype and everything, and you yeah. know, so maybe, you know, I mean, you, you know, he's I don't know that. I don't know that they would have done that. That was a, at a time when, uh, yeah, they they, uh, they probably would have given him a fight first, you know, maybe yeah. you know, against a, against a top five guy. Yeah, like a, a Rory, Rory, or you know, Woodson, Matt Brown. Jack, I don't know. Matt, Matt Brown at the time was in that yep. in that mix. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting question, and uh, I, I, yeah, I still think the end it probably ends the same, but I think he would have made a lot more money. Ben would have made a lot more money in UFC than he made in one. So, um, but then, you know, you know, we probably don't end up with what we got with the Lawler and Masvidal fights. So, um, it probably worked out better for UFC the way they did it. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, Hendricks and Lawler, just two absolutely incredible fights Yeah, that, that are among the best fights in promotion history. So. And it's amazing that Lawler's still going and Hendricks is, you know, just long gone. I don't even, when I see that name, it's just like, it feels like, it feels like a, well, it feels like a different era. He um, he lives near me. He's a he's a head coach for a high school wrestling team. Oh, cool! That that'd be really cool if if you if you know if was, your kid was on that team, and uh, and and you see Johnny Hendricks there. I imagine he uh, probably put on a few pounds, maybe a hundred or so. <laughs> would be, would well, be he, like always, he was one of those guys who yeah. who you know he he'd make one seventy, but in between fights he'd be about two thirty. So, he'd be he's probably probably like Matt Sarah now, where yeah. he'd be struggling to make heavyweight. I saw um, him too long ago. He's not he's not that big. So Oh that's good. That's good. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, you find yourself a healthy weight and he's probably still training, you know, if he's coaching wrestling, he's still gotta get get in there and roll and stuff. So um, all right, we gotta talk about and you obviously talked about it earlier in the show and um and you know, and this has been kind of a big story the last few days. Um, and and this will lead right into our new segment. But uh, we got to talk about Derek Minner and uh, I already forgot, forgot the dude's first name. Shyalon. Shyalon. Shyalon Nurdambieki. Yeah. And so this fight, I had money on Nurdambieki, so I was happy the way it ended. But I didn't know any of the back stuff. And uh, so. Do you want to explain, or do you want me to? Because I know the story yeah. pretty well. Yeah, I know the story pretty pretty well too. This fight okay. is uh, under some scrutiny for uh, for. Okay, there was some late. There was a lot of late money that came in on Nerd and Becky in the in the betting. I think up to three hours before the fight, uh, Nerd and Becky was he was the favorite, but he was only at minus two twenty. By the time the fight had happened had started he had swelled up to a minus 440 favorite i got him i got him at 155 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was saturday morning so yeah. that's how much it's it changed in one day from 155 to 440 yeah yeah so there was uh you know th- that raised some eyebrows and then the way the fight went which we didn't talk about minner threw a couple of leg kicks with his left leg left leg he's fighting the southpaw so his back leg then he threw a kick, kick, and when he was planting on his back leg, he winced for like a half second. Like it wasn't like a major wince; it was a quick wince. Wince, but then he kicked a couple more times with that leg, leg, which made it, which you know, kind of, 
weird. Maybe it wasn't, you know, maybe he was hurt. Maybe he wasn't. But then all of a sudden he, uh, he, you know, Nerd and Becca got him down and Minner was not doing anything to defend on the ground while Nerd and Becca was landing elbows and punches and it was stopped in a minute, seven seconds. You know, you couple that with all the late money coming in. It's, it makes it sound like that, you know, I can't say the fight was fixed, but there was definitely something going on. Maybe somebody knew had knowledge of a pre-existing injury for Minner and felt like he was not going to, go but the strange thing too is not only did not only did a lot of late money come on come in on nerd and becca just to win there was a lot of late money coming in on the fight going less than a less than a round and a half and a lot of money coming in on a first round knockout which makes yeah. it which made it even more more suspicious so uh so and uh, you know we had the recent thing where the ufc banned fighters and everybody associated with fighters from betting and Minner's head coach is James Krause, who, who you know, they won't publicly say, but if you kind of know the story, James Krause was essentially the center of the UFC banning fighters from, from betting because he was trying to get basically fighters caught up in a Ponzi scheme with offshore betting, betting where he took a percentage of the percentage of the money, but he took the fighters' money and bet bet on fights for them, for them. You know, the fighters didn't actually bet. He just, Kraus just took their money and made the bets, bets for him. So, you know, and he was, he was a part of the ESPN MMA betting show. And he, you know, he was a part from, from when it started. And then all of a sudden, you know, month, two ago, a few weeks ago, something sometime earlier, you know, recently, he suddenly stopped being part of that show. So, uh, so yeah, and he's openly talked about how he he's made more money betting on fights than he has, you know, fighting and coaching. And so he definitely has insider information. Now, <clears throat> my uh, personal feelings: I think Nerd and Becca had nothing to do with the situation. I don't think the fight was fixed, but I think people took advantage advantage of probably people close to Minner. And uh, UFC's UFC released a statement saying with their. Uh, the people that they have invest who investigate the betting and stuff found no irregularities at this time, though. So it's kind of a it's a story to keep an eye on. Okay, so I'm gonna say something here that I I I don't know if this is controversial or if maybe this is what everyone's already thinking. But if it comes out, if there's any way to determine that James Krause was behind putting money on. Nuremberg and Becky, that guy should never be coaching again in in MMA um, because this is exactly the kind of thing that UFC was trying to avoid when they asked for fighters to not be betting. If they can trace bets being made back to people that that Kraus talked to and said, you know what, my fighter's got an injury, it's probably not going to last very long. Put your money down on Nuremberg Becky. If they can find any evidence of that, this guy's got to be gone. Like you can't have that in in a sport that is on national television I mean, and uh, and pay per view. He won't be banned from coaching, but he'll be banned. He'd be banned from getting licensed as a corner man. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can coach, yeah, but he should not be. And and really, like, if I'm a fighter, like, I don't want to have anything to do with that because, I mean, you know what, like you can't have your coach betting against you. Um, I mean, it's the most basic of things. I mean, you go back to Pete Rose in, in baseball, you know, and the guy's still banned from what for life. And I mean, and I, 
UFC, I can't see them banning someone for life. I mean, they could. I mean, and maybe you could even argue they should if, if this is if this happened. Um, but I mean, like I said, this is why. Like when when you you when we talked about this a few weeks ago, and I said it's about time. And, and, you know, that, because this is like, this was just something that was waiting to happen. And there's so many, um, they've got all these sponsorship deals with DraftKings and with, um, all these different betting sites. You see the fighters, like it feels like every second fighter and especially the guys in the undercard, they're constantly talking about, there's this one, I, you probably remember, I, I kind of, kind of glosses over me, but obviously they're sponsored by these different fight shark or something like that, that they're always talking about. Steak, steak steak.com. Stake.com, yeah. And they're like they're just constantly talking about it because they're getting money from it. And those are the ones that are going to put the pressure on UFC because they want these fights to be on the up and up because number one, they're gonna lose money um when you know all this money comes in on on a fighter that's you know against a fighter that's injured. But then the other thing is is people lose trust. And if people lose trust in this whole process, then they stop betting and then these companies don't make money. So when you've had your scandals, like when you had the referee point shaving scandal in the NBA, um, when you had the, you know, even back, going back to far, the, the White Sox, you know, and back in, 20, in 1919, it's always been the gamblers and the books, the, the, the people that are taking the bets that notice the irregularities and point it out and are the ones that are putting pressure on the sports organizations to to stop it when you had your point shaving scandals in college basketball and in soccer and tennis even has had, has had it. Um, you, this is where, you know, and if these, if these organizations want to continue making money from Bavada, from DraftKings, from whoever else, because make no mistake about it, they're making lots of money from DraftKings. Um, like a hundred million dollars a year. Yeah, I mean it's crazy, and they're not going to be wanting to pay a hundred million dollars a year if if they think that these fights are, you know, not on the level. So yeah. this is a big story, and um, and and you want to keep an eye on this. And not not only that, you know, even if the UFC is not involved, like when there's stuff coming out of was this fight fixed or not, uh, that hurt that uh, hurts. You know, the UFC is licensed in each state, and it hurts the potential of getting licensed if all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, you're having fights being being fixed, even if they have no knowledge of it. Knowledge of it. That puts the UFC in a in a tough position. The US, US yep. is the UFC ever gonna lose a license in any state? Highly doubt it because because the places they go, they bring in so much revenue for those athletic commissions. But uh you know, it's it's a never say never situation and you get the wrong person involved involved things can escalate well and don't don't think that the DraftKings aren't also grease in the pockets of these commissions you know like they all have a vested interest in each other you know they they the commissions are get the tax revenue from the shows they the the states are getting the tax revenue from the betting probably um you know like it's there's a lot of money in this and they can't be doing shit like this um, you know, I'm sorry. And, and, you know, I'm sure some people made a lot of money, uh, you know, for the, for the lines to move like that, we're talking like seven figures that people were putting down on a prelim fight on, on, uh, you know, on a UFC show from the apex. And those are the kind of fights you can usually get away with it in. But the problem here was, was that somebody noticed and, uh, and it was just a little too high profile. And I think they probably, 
um, went a little too overboard in in putting this money down and uh, got a little greedy, and um, and and it could come back to bite them in the ass. So um, I don't think it's the last we're going to hear this. <laughs> um, and and maybe I don't know. My, I mean, I don't know if it'll be the last to hear we hear of this particular story, but it might be the last we hear of these kind of situations after this happened. Oh it, yeah. 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 No. Yeah. I, yeah. Hopefully. But I just, I just mean this specific thing. Like I think, I think there's something to this. Um, lines don't move like that without a lot of money coming in. And uh, I don't think it was a coincidence that, that the dude was hurt. I I'm actually amazed this didn't happen with the TJ Dillashaw fight, honestly. Um, you know, based on what we heard after the fact, like when, when we heard that, like that was my immediate thought was like, did anything happen with betting? And no. So they really kept that close. And the fact that TJ's coach did and a James Krause coach fighter didn't where there's smoke, there's fire. That's all I'm saying. Um, you want to go into the rest of the news or you got anything else yep. you want to say about this? Okay. Uh, UFC soul main event. We finally have one. Uh, well, it's not official. But uh, being targeted as a Korean zombie, Chan Sung Jung, against Chiga Chikadze. It's not signed, oh. but, but that's the targeted main event for that show. That's a nice fight. <laughs> that's a tough fight for uh, for um, the Korean zombie, but it should be fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Makachev and Volkanovsky, uh, don't tell me this fight's in jeopardy. <laughs> it's not in jeopardy, but... The talk, you know, you know, right inside the cage after the fight was Makachev saying he'll he'll fight uh, Volkanovski in Australia at UFC 284 in February. Suddenly, now that might not be the case. He's, you know, talking more about March in <laughs> Vegas, and uh, you know he's blaming the UFC, the UFC for playing game games about the fight. I don't buy that at all because the there's only there's two reasons you put you put a show show in per, a pay-per-view show in Perth Australia either Adesanya's headlining or Volkanovski's headlining yeah so so i mean obviously Volkanovski is the targeted guy for the main event for that show and like i said if Makachev doesn't want to do it it wouldn't surprise me that that Volkanovski defends the featherweight title there instead I, do you think is there a challenger ready? I guess I mean, it's pretty. Josh Emmett, division. Josh Emmett, Arnold Allen, yeah. Yari Rodriguez is yeah. is calling out Volkanovski over this. So. so is this a money play for Makachev? Do you think? I don't know why it'd be a money play. He's he's got a sugar daddy. True, so, true. So I mean, maybe they money. want to get some of that money back from all the money they spent on the uh, training. No, the, I mean, no. The, the, it was none of his money that was spent. Okay. So it's just basically, you know, just him. Like, he never wants to fight more than, like, yeah, once or twice mean, a year. Sorry, so. that fight's not going to happen in March in Vegas because that's going to be John Jones. Yeah. John Jones. I mean, and they're not going to put Makachev in, in the co-main. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and we got Sean O'Malley wanting an interim title fight with yeah. who? Uh, O'Malley is proposing an interim title fight against Marlon Vera. You know, he's talking about. Oh yeah, O'Malley okay. was talking about. You know, we talked last week about Aljamain Sterling. That that's a fight does, that needs to happen, honestly, because again, you know yeah. the way the first one ended. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a good idea. I, I mean, uh, Aljamain Sterling is talking about not fighting till June. Obviously, they're not going to do an interim title fight. It's just something O'Malley brought up. I think he's trying to pressure 
Sterling into fighting sooner. I know they're not happy with Sterling wanting to take that much time off. You know, so it's, you know. Well, you said that the next time we see O'Malley fight would be for a title. So, and you were thinking July. So, I mean, you know, they, I mean, they could do that or, you know, because if, if they're going to do this interim title fight, it would probably be earlier than that. And then you would do the title fight in July. They're not going to, yeah, they're not going to do an interim title fight. It's, be pointless to do. I think it's just, it's just posturing, posturing, but yeah, I've, and that was based on the fact that I thought Sterling would fight again in February, March, and then fight Cejudo. And then the winner of that would fight O'Malley in July. Um, Oliver and Fiziev. Yeah, there was some, there was some random Twitter account that said Charles Oliveira and Rafael Fiziev were fighting at UFC 283 in Brazil. First off on the thing, they got the date wrong. They put it January <laughs> 22nd and uh, it was January 21st is actually day. But it was, like I said, some random Twitter account called MMA Uncensored. And they credited it to Ariel Helwani reporting it, except Ariel never reported that fight at all. So Could it, it have basically been like one of those fake Ariel accounts, maybe? No, no, it was not oh. a fake Ariel. It was, to me, I think it was a random. A random Twitter account trying to break a fight, but blaming, blaming it, but uh, crediting somebody else. And that way, if it was wrong, it's just like, hey, we didn't report this. Ariel reported it. And then if and if it was right, they can say, oh yeah, we're we're the first. It's kind of one of those bull, you know, the bullshit stuff that happens on Twitter. But anyway, that fight's that fight was never, I as far as I know, has never been proposed. Uh, Oliver does not want to fight that soon. He wants to take a little more time off. So, so Mm, it's too bad. I mean, I would have liked to have seen Oliveira yeah, on that Brazil uh, card, yeah. but but that but the fact that it's being floated that yeah that could be a possibility for a fight later later on in the year. Um, the next item, and this uh, I got the media released uh, just before we started recording um, that uh, Shane Burgos is out of his fight with um, sh- with uh, Marlon Moraes at the uh, PFL pay per view. Um, and, uh, so now we're going to be seeing Shaman Moraes and Marlon Moraes, which I feel like we've seen that fight before. And was it UFC or am I no, imagining no, I'm it? Not in UFC. I think you're imagining it. Either that or it might've been, we might've saw that in, um, in P in PFL, but yeah, to talk about this, I'll look it up. Uh, just, yeah. Shane Burgos injured, injured out of the fight. It's supposed to be his PFL debut. They've been hyping him up as a major signing. And it is, I mean, they took, they signed him to a big deal to get him away from, away from the UFC. Uh, he's going to be a big part of the promotion, promotion next year. But uh, he's going to have to wait to make his debut. Uh, and uh, have they even said how much that pay per view is going to cost yet? I have not seen. I mean, if it's if it's more than like twenty five cents, I'm not buying yeah, it. And yeah. even if it's twenty five cents, I'm probably not buying it. It's funny uh, they've been hype they've been hyping up this pay per view pay-per-view for months we are in the month of november it's happening it's happening in a few weeks and we don't know how much to say like we know it's on espn plus i mean that that much we know Uh, by the way that fight did happen it was uh august 1st 2015 and i'm i actually watched it i'm sure i did um it was on the under it was yeah it was on the under it was world series of fighting it was on the undercard of uh a fight we i guarantee you saw rusamir paul harris and jake shields 
<laughs> nope. <laughs> um, and uh, Clifford Starks and Mike Kyle was on that card too. Uh, Abubakar and Nurmagomedov. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was actually a pretty good card. But it was on NBC Sports on uh, August 1st, 2015. That might have been one of those. Uh, oh, no, that you know, it's August. Yeah, it wouldn't be one of the ones that were on a UFC weekend. But um, yeah, so that that is a rematch from from uh, seven years ago. And Marlon Marais won that fight with a third round submission. And uh, I, you know, this one could go either way. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but but the uh, they had that pay-per-view also will have Aspen Ladd and Julia Budd, as well as six world title fights. So I don't know, like an eight card main, an eight fight main card or seven, some seven. prelims. The seven fight main card. They they put Mariah's and Mariah's on the prelim part. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, all right, and uh, last for the news, um, Leona Machida wants back in the UFC. I mean, if that happens, I mean, is he still under contract to Bellator? Or is he a free agent? He's a free agent now. Forty four years old. He wants to return to the UFC for his retirement fight somewhere in Brazil. So, I mean, is he? Do you think he'd be ready in January or? Are they looking for maybe later so. in the year? I think I think so, but I don't see them signing, you know, somebody to a one fight deal for a retirement fight. Not even just a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. I just it doesn't fit the UFC motto. Okay, yeah. I mean, because I mean, you could just do him and Shogun. Uh, you know, well, Shogun, Shogun's last fight is is Brazil is in Brazil. So. Is it already booked? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but I mean. He might sell some tickets. I mean, I don't know how the ticket. I guess they don't really need help selling tickets, though. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, these days, um, they're you know they're still on that sellout streak, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And we got a couple fight nights coming up, uh, which will test that streak. But um, speaking of which, uh, 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 real, real quick, I wanted to something that I thought about after I sent you the rundown that I've been wanting to talk about. Have sure. you seen Yuri Prochaska's USADA test number? Like how many times he's been tested? Yeah. Yeah, it's like four, right? This year, Yuri Prochaska. Yeah, no, oh. he's been tested. He's been tested fifty-one times by USADA this year. What? Fifty-one times. The next most person who had been tested was Misha Sirkinov, fourteen times. Prochaska has been tested even 50- fourteen. Like what? What? <laughs> and we're talking about Prochaska, who's fought one time this year. Yeah. The How many times has Connor been tested again? Connor's not in the pool. Okay, but when he was in the pool, he Connor was one of the most tested fighters. So no, sorry, no, sorry. How many times has John Jones been tested uh, this year? I don't have the numbers in front of me. Who is a fighter that never been tested? <laughs> like you were telling me this was a story a while ago. You were saying well, I thought it was we're, Connor. We were talking about Connor, but we yeah. found a, we found out a couple weeks ago that he's been out of the USADA pool for like a year. Okay, okay, okay. That's why he wasn't tested. Okay. That's why he hasn't been tested. I thought he was in the pool and then he just got pulled out. Okay, that no. okay, sorry, my my no. bad. No. But fifty one times, like every times. week, like okay. basically they're testing him? Yeah, yeah. Fifty one times. Not only fifty one times, but he fought he's been he fought in June. So that was the second quarter. Second quarter. In the first two quarters, he was tested nine times. So he's been tested forty two times. Since he beat Glover Teixeira, what the f- what are they doing? I don't know what the <laughs> hell is going on there. I don't know if that's a misprint from what I read, well, read but I was like, I looking hope it up, so. Like, I mean, maybe it's, it's like, fif- maybe it's fifteen. You know, like you know, if the next yeah, guy is fourteen. I checked it like right before, right but before. Even fourteen is like you would think. Like you know, if you asked me, like I would because I said four. Um, you know, I would. 
I would guess like, you know, most fighters are, you know, like there's no need to test people more than like once every two or three months. No, no, you get test you get tested twice if you're fighting. So if you so if you're somebody okay. who's fighting four four times a year, you're gonna te- you're gonna have a minimum of eight te- eight tests okay. Okay. from the get go a, a year. And then you're probably gonna have a couple couple more. There's been guys who have been tested like you know, active fighters have been tested like 20 times in a year. I really hope we come back next week and you, you know, like, oh, yeah, I was wrong. It's not 51. It's no, like I looked 17. I looked at no, I, to- I know, like, I'm no, I know, I'm sure your information is correct. I'm just hopefully the information that you saw was incorrect. No, no, it's been like this. It's been like this for weeks. I heard about this. I read this a couple of weeks, couple of weeks ago. And if you go to ufc.usada.org, you can look up. Every single fighter, and how many times they've been tested? So he might be like, by the time we get to the end of the year, he could be at like seventy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's fighting in December, so yeah. I wonder if I there's. It, it really kind of raises an eyebrow. You kind of wonder if there's something going on there. Like, oh, if there's a reason why they keep testing him. Yeah, there's. A, yeah, know, maybe <laughs> he talked about how he went into seclusion, seclusion with no electricity and only stuff like wa- water. And natural food for like two months here recently. Maybe that you saw the guy had a tent out there <laughs> and it was just staying there to test him just to make sure nothing yeah. was. Uh, Every time he goes out for a glass of water, here, take a bit. <sighs> yeah. Uh, wow. All right. Uh, we got some fights, and I see a few names on here that you know I'm going to be excited about. Yeah. Um, one of them, uh, UFC Fight Night, December 17th, Alex Caceres against Julian Arosa, Bruce Leroy and Juicy J. Yeah, so there's that one. And Tafon's uh, on that card, too. Tafon Chukwe against Vitor Petrino. Yep. And uh, just a couple other. To, there's no big fights that were announced, just a lot of. Just, no, just that uh, one was the one I was excited just, uh, about. UFC 283, 283 in Brazil. Warley is Nicholas Dalby, Jalton Almeida against Shamil Abdurakimov, Tiago Moises against Kiran Kutiladze, and. Uh, the South Korea show, Tetsu Retira, uh, you know, the big uh, flyweight prospect against Jesus Aguilar. And uh, yeah, nothing. Uh, UFC Loma, fight. Loma Luke Bunmi is an interesting prospect. Yeah. Yeah. And another uh, one I want to point out UFC Fight Night, February 18th, uh, Gerald Mishart against Abus Magomedov. Is he uh, any. Magomedov, is that a guy like we need to pay attention to? <clears throat> I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, Parker Porter and Justin Taffa is that the Australia show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that made that would explain why. And Joshua Kulabio and Melsic Bagdajarian Kulabio is a uh, an Australian fighter as well, I believe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Parker Porter and Justin Taffa that should be a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> two guys that are going to have a hard time. They would be cutting to make two sixty five. Uh, well, Taffa yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah, Porter's a pretty big boy too. Um. All right. So I think that's going to do it. Um, Ryan, you made it. Yeah, <laughs> 80, feel, 81 minutes, and and I you're feel still something here. Uh, within literally within two minutes of us ending this, I'll be gone. All right, I'll be gone. To well, the we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up then. Uh, so just uh, to remind everyone, you can check out Ryan's coverage of uh, the last UFC show in this uh, past weekend's Observer, and then you know from from a week ago. Uh, I uh, didn't get to it on the thing because I was having lunch with a couple uh, co-workers and uh, so I didn't get to read The Observer as I usually do on Mondays. But uh, I will be digging into that tomorrow. And um, and then this coming weekend, uh, you'll have coverage of the uh, of the last weekend show in, in The Observer. And then you'll be doing UFC 281 live for the Wrestling Observer website uh, on uh, 
on Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon. And, uh, you know, you'll have the thing to yourself. You won't be sharing it with the, with the guys covering the, uh, pay-per-views, uh, the wrestling pay-per-views, but probably get more views on those weeks. Um, and then for me, I, um, I, I did a show with Garrett Gonzalez that, uh, on the, uh, wrestling observer, uh, YouTube channel, you can check that out, uh, covering crown jewel. Um, me and, uh, Brian, I can't remember the guy's last name. It starts with a Z from the pro wrestling, pro wrestling torch. The, yeah. The three of, what is it? Zalim, Zalim, yeah, uh, Brian, my buddy Brian, uh, my new buddy, um, yeah, we we had a good show and a lot of a lot of positive feedback, so that was a lot of fun. And then of course on the uh, Fight Game Media Patreon, which uh, hopefully you consider uh, subscribing to patreoncom Media. I do the Dynamite Show with Jeff Hawkins on Wednesday, so tomorrow, as you're listening, uh, we'll be covering this uh, upcoming weekend's ADW, AW Dynamite Show. And then I think next week on the free feed, we're going to be doing a preview show for full gear with uh the the boys over at the boom so we'll be boom goes the dynamite uh special show that we do four times a year so look look for that in your feeds so for ryan i'm paul and ryan why don't you take us home like you always do all right i hope everybody enjoyed the fight yeah or enjoyed the show have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend later